Hi everyone, and uh, welcome to Oaktown Boys, episode 17. My name is Dan. And I'm Corey. And man alive. <laughs> the roller coaster continues. In, in streaks. Yeah, it's what's that? Win streaks. three, lose three, win five, lose four, win three? Yeah. Something like that. Which I think probably ends up like uh, one, maybe one above 500. Uh, brutally, brutally average. Goodness. Though. If they had just one, yeah, we'll talk about yeah. it. So, <laughs> Monday, the A's start out the week. It's four-game set against the Mariners. They've been struggling against the Mariners, and they continue to struggle against the Mariners. They lost 2-4. to four. Uh, And it was just a miserable game, really. Uh, the A's never had control. They scored one more run in the eighth to make it 4-2. to two. And Chaminaya pitched pretty well. I guess. He, well, not really. He gave up four through five. and Didn't give up any home runs, though. Only walked one. Seattle just hit. They had ten hits. Scored four. And the bummer part is, we basically saw the same game again the very next day when the A's lost five to two. Um, Paul Blackburn pitched that day. Did okay. Three earned. Five strikeouts. One walk. Over four innings. Sam Mole actually looked pretty good when he came in, so uh, there's that. And that's that that about it. They looked so listless. That was about it. You know, like, they just, it looked like they, they I mean, this is, we'll get, I mean, okay, so that's what, that was game two. Um, Home runs by Olsen and Marte were it. No. Yeah, um, it's, um, next game, they lose four to one. Again, got, got behind early Chris could not figure Chris Chris flexing out at all um I he scares me and, and I don't tonight on I don't know where I don't know where Steckenrider came from but they have he that that may be the single reliever that they look the most ineffective against that I've ever seen and the other guy uh Sway what was it Seawald Paul Paul, Paul, Paul Seawald yeah he, I he's, think they're both good. minor league signees going into the season um and at this point um they caught him by losing game two to the Mariners. They were tied in the standings. This game, the Mariners went a game up. So, I mean, it's just a disaster. It's a disaster. It's a disaster that continued in game four. They just, they got, they got swept. And they had the lead in this game. They got swept. And then they blew it in classic style. Yeah, I mean, they hadn't lost in that way in a while. But, I mean, yeah, Jake Deepin. Jake Diekman came in and it was he bad. He gave up two home runs. Jake Diekman came in and it was really bad. <laughs> he gave up two home runs and got one out, so that's not the recipe for success. And it was just a total bummer. When that game ended, we, I'm pretty sure, all accepted that this season was over, and it was the way it was. It was, it was a major bummer. The Astros were coming to town, and they were very likely to clinch the AOS title in Oakland, so... If anything, going into the series, I really just didn't want them to clinch in Oakland. And I mean, they to, just to tie a couple bows up on that Mariner series. Um, that Deakman game was the eleventh blown save in their past thirty games. Boo! Which is staggering. Um, they've lost twelve of sixteen to the Mariners this year. And I mean, the, I know that the Mariners are better than they've been. The Mariners are a good team. I mean, I, the Mariners are good, um, but they're not that good. They're not. They shouldn't be going twelve and four against a team with a similar record. 
It doesn't make any sense. They have a very negative run differential and are hitting like 210 on the season. So it doesn't yeah, make any be... sense. And I mean, I, yeah, I mean, they're, um, those were four gut punches. They were must win games. They were gut punches. And they lost them They all. needed, yeah, they needed, they really needed a split, maybe, at worst. A split, a split. would have been like, that would have been treading water. Would have yeah. been treading water. Yeah. Needed to win the series. And they got swept. At home. At home. It was the first time the Mariners had ever swept Oakland four games in Oakland. So, And it was like, Boo. it was honestly very frustrating. There was a lot of, you know, the guys were saying, you know, like, we're still fighting. We understand it's frustrating for us too. But it's just, it was kind of hard to believe them watching them yeah. go out there and play it was like it doesn't really seem like you care that much <laughs> yep but anyway and friday they took a step in the right direction uh frankie montas went out there and shoved as he has done all season long seven innings two hits two runs one earned three walks eight strikeouts for a while i thought there he was gonna one hit him uh, Petit and Acevedo came in and also looked quite good. Although Acevedo made it really interesting. He walked the bases loaded and uh, struck out three. But the real story was the offense. The A's scored 14 runs, and by golly, did it feel good. Yes. Including a Chad Pinder pinch hit grand slam to make it a 9-2 game in the 7th. They scored 6 in the 7th, 5 in the 8th. And it was amazing. That, was a lot, that game was a lot of fun. Uh, Chad Pinder now has the tie. He's tied with the Oakland record for pinch hit home runs with five. Yeah, with he, uh, Mark McGuire and uh, who's the other a one? A few. Jeff Burrows, Jeff Burrows. Somebody else. Somebody else. I maybe. was surprised again. I feel like every time pinch hitting comes up, I just expect Matt Stairs to be on the list, and he's or, not on. He's not on yeah, any of these lists. Or Almeida signs. Um, but anyway, so yeah, I mean, I. You want to say big win, but it kind of, you know, you know I mean... It's... Yeah, we everyone, that was the sentiment that night, is we all wanted to be like, holy cow, I wish this game mattered. Yeah, and it, I mean, it maybe it did. Maybe it did. Maybe it did. I mean, that's the whole point right now, is the A's are not dead, and the only reason they're not dead is because they kept fighting. Yeah, I mean, uh, game two of this series, I, is this the second time in a row that Montas and Minaya have just, like, absolutely dealt back-to-back? I think it is. Um, well, not in a row, but... Not recently. But second time recently. Um, Manaya was great. Uh, seven innings, one run, eight Ks, one walk, three hits. Um, got through seven on 95 pitches. Yeah, debatably better than Montas was last um, the night before. And, uh, I mean, he gave up He gave up a double to lead off the game and then retired, I think, like 11 or 12 straight. He locked in pretty quickly. And uh, it's a good lineup. You know, they're like, they're pitching. These dudes are dealing against the Astros. I mean, I, I, say what you want about the Astros. Good team. Good hitters. Uh, they do, They are missing Brantley. They're, they were sitting Gurriel to start the game. They were clearly not fielding the best team right. they possibly could. Jose Siri was out there, who was quickly become... He's my new least favorite yeah. Astro. Well, yeah, behind the list. nobody could ever surpass Jose Altuve. <laughs> or uh, Alex Bregman. Maybe Correa. Yeah, there's a few. Um, but yeah, it was great. It was great. It was, uh, they... They scored late. Um, it was, I mean, it was pretty classic pitcher's duel. And it seemed like for a long time that Framber Valdez might get the better of Mania, which would have been very frustrating. But uh, Josh Harrison tied the game with a single, I believe, in the bottom of the seventh. Yep. Um, and then 
In the bottom of the ninth, Starling Marte hit a double, and Elvis Andrews scored, and was totally, like, obviously very clearly limping home. As soon as he hit the third base bag, pretty much. He was he was limping and uh, in obvious pain. Um, I thought he tore his Achilles. Um, turns out he broke his fibula, tibia. Huh? I almost would have been more impressed if he tore his Achilles and did it. Yeah, he managed to hobble all the way home. Yeah, on a broken and leg. laid down on home plate, and... Uh, Tony Kemp was the first person to get there, and he could see Elvis look about, look up like in pain, like don't please don't touch me. Yeah, and Tony <laughs> Kemp clearly went over to pick him up and start celebrating, and Elvis Andrews was like, "Yeah, do not leave me alone. Leave me on the ground. Leave me on the so, ground. Go get help, please." Major bummer. <laughs> it, it, we found out the next morning. Yeah, he fractured his fibula or tibula. I don't remember. Uh, but not good. Not what I expected. No, and. They were saying, I mean, he had, I mean, I... Yeah, he'd fouled the ball off himself a lot recently, I oh, guess. Oh, really? So they're oh, saying some micro-fractures oh, may have been no. in play. That makes me so sad. That's terrible news. Um, let me see here. He, yeah, li- fibula. Fractured left fibula. And, yeah, I mean, he said he felt a pop in his foot. And he broke his fibula. Don't, don't like any part of the story, honestly. Yeah. Um, feel really bad for Elvis. And he had been... He was up to what two forty three. I mean, his OPS six fourteen. But considering where the guy Recently, started in September, he's hitting well over three hundred. Considering where the guy started, um, I will. Uh, we have complained about Elvis Andrus occasionally on this podcast, but um, we'll miss him. And that was that was uh, some that was some tough guy stuff. Yep. So uh, and I mean, he won the game. He won the game on a broken leg. That's. Uh, as Chris Bassett alluded to, he put the team on his back. If the A's are going to pull it off, they're writing a beautiful script right now. They are indeed. And they capped it off Sunday by walking it off again. It was tied going into the ninth, 3-3, and the A's ended up winning 4-3. They got a big knock from... I'm totally blanking on what happened right now. Mark Hanna. Mark Hanna. That's right. I remember it vividly. Uh, the bases were loaded, and Mark Canna took a first pitch swing, and we I think a lot of us thought he maybe hit it out, but it went maybe three quarters off the left center he wall. He crushed it. It was a, He hit it hard. It was just that, you know, it was that part of the wall where it juts out a little bit more than yeah. it probably should. And he gave a nice, beautiful bat flip on what very well could have been his final act as an Oakland A in Oakland. Yeah, and uh, if so... I top five A ever. He's up there. I distinctly remember being at his A's debut in 2015 or whatever. Yeah. And he hit a bomb, like, not a bomb, but a deep double. And I was like, all right, this guy. Yeah, he can hit the ball. He can hit the ball, at least. He can hit the ball. Turns out he could do more than that. So I love Mark Canna. If that's the last thing he ever does in Oakland, well, God bless him. It's very fitting, and we don't. I guess we don't really even have to talk about that yet because it isn't. It hasn't Who knows? happened yet. But uh, yeah, I mean, pretty again. I mean, the the a good game against the Astros. It's a great start by Paul Blackburn. It was. There was a while there where he was no hitting them. I think into the fourth. And he looked. It was a lot of soft contact. You know, it was he. It was it was kind of shaping up like one of those random guys throwing a no-hitter day. Um, his curveball was working. He had his location working in general. Bottom line, he was good, though. He we'll knows what he's it. doing out there. If yeah. he can locate. Garrett came in and was shaky, but you know he gets a, <laughs> he gets a reprieve every now and again. Petit did his usual one and a third, one strikeout, nothing else. Chafin came in, held it down mostly, but had to get rescued by Trevino, kind of. Yeah. 
And uh, Trevino shut it down. Um, and, dude, uh, yeah, I think partly Garen may just be getting a little bit worn out. You know, I mean, he's, yeah. it's, it's definitely he's been the go-to guy. Yeah, for he's been weeks. pitching a lot more than he normally has um, historically. So, um, yeah, I think uh, I'm excited about some of these guys coming back next year. You know, I'm excited about. A whole season of Dios Guerra, knowing that he's going to be on the, you know, I mean. Him like, too. I do not think next year is as bleak as a lot of people want to think it might be. No, I, I agree. Um, so the A's swept the Astros. They swept the Astros. The Astros did not celebrate. It felt really good. It was an emotional win in a lot of ways. Uh, and the A's are not out of it yet. If Here's what I want to see. If the Astros lose the next three and the A's win the next three, it's in the A's hands. Yeah, I mean, the they, have, they have literally nestled themselves up as close to the void as you possibly can yeah. without entering it at all. And they are they are just not cooked. They refuse. They, I, I guess, starting the first game of that Astro series, they refuse to die, and other people refuse to bury them. So um, it wouldn't be the craziest thing ever. It would be up there. It, like, okay, we're talking winning, catching the Astros, winning the division. That would be up there. That'd be crazy. That'd be up there with one of the craziest things that had ever that'd happened. That'd probably equal the 2012 craziness. Probably surpass it. Due and to no, that. I mean, I think that, if that happens, we're talking like Miracle Mets yeah. level of coming back. I mean, the Mets came back. I think it was like, <laughs> I think it was like, I think the Mets were like 10 games back in the end of August. Imagine. But we're talking six games back with six games left. We have no time. Imagine if it knocked the Astros out of play. Well, dude, that's what would happen. I know it'd be, and that's why it's well, probably no, the cl- well. I mean, for sure. we would we'd go to one sixty two. We'd go but to one sixty three. All the wild card teams could theoretically stumble so much. That's, too. But okay, if everything every there is there is a not super crazy reality where the Astros don't make the playoffs. Yep, I want to talk a little bit more about that in a minute. Okay. Um, moment of the week for me was the Chi Grand Slam. Bottom seven against the Astros made it nine to two at the time, and boy did it feel good. Yes, it felt way too late at the time. Didn't expect them to sweep the Astros, um, but now that they did, it makes it a little bit more meaningful. And just I love Chad Pinder. It was so good to see him get another big hit. Yeah, and well, he's got a lot of those. And a there lot was of those a clutch pinch hit. There was a lot of like release in it. You oh, could yeah. tell from him. He pinched and it, just he pinched kind of in general. He it was like a. Ah. He also. <laughs> Crushed that ball. Yeah, that he ball really did. Really. Um, my moment of the week was um, top of the ninth inning, the last game against the Astros. Um, Jose Siri is on first, and I think Bregman lined a single to right. Pretty standard really? single to Seth Brown and right. Um, it's actually a little bit more bloopy, but. But I mean, it was definitely a single. Yeah. We're not ta- nowhere near a double. No. Um, and. I mean, if you watch the replay, about the time the ball is getting to Seth Brown, Jose Siri is rounding first, rounding second on his way to third. You know, going to make it to third fairly easily. Um, and Seth Brown throws the ball in to Tony Kemp. And for some reason, Jose Siri rounded third and is trying to score. He rounded third. It I think kind of stopped at third a little bit. He, he, but I mean, he just, and he just went, and there was, you could tell Tony Kemp was like a little bit surprised in the moment, but still had ample time to yeah. throw home and get the out at home, which was a huge out. And I mean, it was such a it was such a strange play that Bregman didn't even advance to second from first on the throw. It was just so boneheaded. <laughs> 
And it was a huge break. And I mean, I obviously, as you said, we're going to get to later. But if in in a world where we like somehow find our way into the playoffs by one game, Jose Siri tried to score what would have been the go-ahead run with one out <laughs> for no reason. Yep. With no indication that he was going to be able to score. So I really, it was hilarious to watch. And some they handed us a win. And um, I really hope it ends up mattering. Because if it does end up mattering, that's going to be like, you know, I remember Josh Hamilton dropping that fly ball in center field for no for no reason. You know, it's like uh, angels in the outfield level stuff. You know, just like I said, so the Monstars came and took their baseball talent away for a little while. Yeah. Uh, so it was, yeah. I, I've been thinking it for about the whole second half of the season that if, if the A's are going to play this badly and have this much bad luck, it can only possibly mean it all adds up to some, some good luck at some point. So and they're saving it all up. That would be great. That'd be great. It's we've been lucky for we got lucky the whole Astro series. That's all I can say. Like seemingly at every turn, everything went our way in the Astro series, which is fine because it hasn't been for so um, long. And so I, as bouncing. you said, like I, the things tend to balance themselves out, and we got lucky for a whole series against the Astros. So that's we picked up three games and three games on the Astros who were chasing in the division. So I'm yep. just saying, ain't complaining. <sighs> so first topic, I just wanted to take a little bit more time and say Elvis Andres you are a stud yes and you know it wasn't the greatest baseball season anyone's ever put up but he constantly played with heart and hustle far more than a lot of the other guys on the team can can say Uh, he always had a smile on his face he always made the really I mean I can't really think of a bad play he made at shortstop he played a great shortstop and he made it look quite easy Uh, so he actually outperformed my expectations. Uh, I had hopes he would hit 270, but that quickly went out the door, and he played good baseball. He had a lot of clutch hits. Uh, I'll never forget that first home run he hit against the Rangers to tie the game. Absolutely. Uh, we were stunned. Days were scuffling. We were stunned. I remember that may be the most stunned I've been at a point all year. He homered, and we were both like, what? <laughs> Pretty sure they lost that game anyways. They did. Still. They did. Uh, just, I love the guy. I, he was such a freaking pest on the Rangers all those years. I never expected to be so endeared to him, but I I really am going to... If that's the last time he plays for the A's, I'm kind of going to miss him. Um, it was fun. He, he, it was like, he's... He's... Uh, my mom always called him a spark plug. He, and that's what he is. And I, she's right. You know, I yeah. mean, he, he was, and he, I mean, between he, between Elvis Andrus and Tony Kemp, we wouldn't be where we are. No. I mean, we're not, they're, in, they're we're not, not in a, we're not in a perfect position, but we're not out of it. I mean, they're and like, we, our, we would, our gooses would be cooked. Think about how much of an effect Josh Harrison's had. Like we had nothing like that. Without them, we would have had no mojo for the first half of the season. You yeah, know? especially. To, I mean, we can talk about Tony Kemp, I guess, at a different time. But um, yeah, I it's it's a bummer that we're having to wrap up Elvis Andrus's season yeah. on this podcast because the season's not over yet. And so, um, but I hope he comes back. Honestly. I hope he does too. I it would be great to even have him in a bench role next year. Well, or because I think you know, I mean, say for this situation, we're talking Nick Allen. Say Nick Allen's the future. Probably not next year. Maybe. You know, maybe, maybe next year. Maybe halfway through next year. Bring Andrews back, throw him a couple mil, have him play shortstop until Allen's ready to go. I love that. Because Elvis Andrews fit right in. I think we already have him. We 
He's for, not going. for next year? Yeah. I, I thought this was the last year of his deal. No, I'm pretty sure we were going to have him. But uh, I'm kind of assuming the team wants to move in a different direction. Um, Jed Lowry is down. He's got a wrist sprained wrist. I'm thinking he pr- we might see him again before the season's over because he hasn't played at least for a few days now. Yeah. So, yeah. I guess, if, I don't, who knows? If yeah, they, I, mean, I don't think it, they, didn't put, they didn't put him on the IL, did they? No, he did. He's on uh, the IL. So, um, I don't know when that back dates to, but I love Jed, too. So, if that, if that's the last time we see him, uh, that'll be a little bit more sad than the Elvis thing. But Jed had an okay year. Yeah. Uh, is all things considered... Pretty darn good. He didn't play for two years in a row before yeah, this. Is, yeah, I was going to say, it's a better year than he had for the Mets. Yep. So, <laughs> he was good. He was fine. He's getting a little bit older. He's definitely not 2012, 2013 Jed Lowry, which is understandable because he's that was a while ago now. Um, but he was fine. Yeah. He had 245, 318 on base. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't sound that good. But... He had some big doubles, and that's really all. Well, and also, did. I mean, yeah, what is what's his OPS at seven seventeen? I feel like that's not represent. He really he had a rough maybe last month, but I feel like there was there was a point where Jed Lowry Jed Lowry's OPS was mid, at least mid seven. Yeah, it was higher upper. seven so seven seventeen. It's one below Seth Brown. So whatever. yeah, and I mean, he was fine. He was I, and it was really nice to see Jed Lowry play baseball again because there was, I mean, you know, the way things are going with the Mets, it was he was it was tracking to be one of those things where a dude just kind of fades into obscurity and then retires three years after yep. he last played. I'm glad and he got it. Didn't happen. So if he's done now, I feel like he probably feels better about it too. You know, absolutely. Um, so and I wouldn't be mad again. It's very similar to the Elvis situation. I would not be mad at for a back, modest investment from Jed Lowry. You know, um, so but also, man, I maybe I want to. Kemp to do it. I love Tony Kemp. Yeah, and I wanted to talk a little bit about Harrison because he looks, he looks banged up in the game yesterday. He left the game in I don't know fifth or sixth inning maybe. So I'm hoping that he's going to be okay and in the lineup today. But I mean, instead of the Elvis and Jed thing, what about just a full on Tony and Josh Harrison in? Yeah, I mean, I guess that's nostalgically I want Jed back, but realistically, baseball Tony Kemp and. Josh Harrison is maybe an ideal combo. I mean, I guess I think it lacks a little bit in like a shortstop with athleticism and an arm. No, I watch kind of ended call. second, like a second base. Yeah, second team. base. Yeah. Because um, short, I don't know what we're gonna do at short, but uh, I don't hate the idea of Chappie to short, Harrison to third. Have they, Have they talked about that? I don't know. Is it's that... been mentioned. I don't think it's mm-hmm. like you know. It takes away from having a mega stud ch- third baseman, yeah, which isn't which, good. Yeah. You definitely would rather have. Two premium defenders on the left side. Uh, which kind of leads me into my next topic of Zach Geloff. Um, 2021 draft pick two months ago. Yeah, see, uh, we're talking, just like just to hammer that context on, we're talking like this. He was drafted in uh, July? Uh, he was drafted in yeah, July of yeah. this year, and it's now September of this year. So he was just called up. I, I'm assuming it's just because of the end of the year and they need bodies or something. But still, they liked him enough to call him all the way up from uh, Instructs, I guess is where he's playing at the moment. But um, anywho, he had his first start last night, started at, triple, or started at third base, and he went one for three with a walk and a single. And he's now leading the team in on base, 500 on base. <laughs> He did strike out twice, but hey, man, he's 21 years old. He's drafted two months ago. He was tearing it up in single A. He played uh, 32 games for the Ports this year, hit seven home runs, hit 298, 393 on base. 
Seems like he's maybe on the fast track. So that could be pretty cool. Maybe he's part of the infield solution. It's not that crazy. He played college ball, so... Yeah, I mean, how old is he? He's, 20, he's turning be, 22 be, in October. So maybe 23 by next... No, 22? I guess 22, 22 next and season. a half. Um, there's, interesting. There's also called up Drew Swift, who has another 2021 draft pick. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he wasn't playing as well as Geloff has, so I'm thinking that's definitely more of like a bodies... He's throwing 12 bases, so maybe he's like a pinch runner type guy, mm -hmm. but still intriguing. They're getting some AAA experience at such a accelerated speed here. Um, but he's also a little bit older. Um, you know, he's 22. Yeah, he played, I think played they... college. So, um, yeah, that's very exciting, though. Hopefully, I mean, they... They... They drafted Kyler Murray in the first round a couple of years ago, you know, so that didn't go very well. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, it's fast-tracking people is not unprecedented, and that would definitely answer some questions that we have right now. So, um, having prospects is always exciting, you know? It is. And it'll be interesting if, if and when they get the call to think back to this, and I wonder how long it'll be, you know? So, where are we at? The A's are six games back with six to play. They're six games back of the uh, division title, I should say, with six to play. Houston's only got three other games against anybody else besides the A's. So, I mean, if we can just get past those three games, it would be three games back. It's very, there's a lot of 2012 in this. There's a lot of 2012 in this. You know, um, it's a little bit more extreme than 2012. Because I think we were four back with six left in 2012, right? I don't know. I wouldn't. I mean, they're I remember, five back with nine to play. That's all I remember. For I, sure. I, so, I mean, they just need everything to go perfectly. But you know, I oh. Houston plays the Rays. Oh, that's good news. Okay. So, and Houston's not. You know, I mean, Houston's lost four in a row. I don't think there's any other team in baseball besides us for rooting for more than the Rays this week. The Rays are playing the Astros and the Yankees. Yeah. And I mean, I, I mean, I guess, I guess, I, part of me is jumping to the prediction part, but the, I mean, we have to go six and zero. We do. They can't lose. They, the A's can maybe, 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 maybe make it happen, and with five and one. Well, I mean, if they like five division, obviously can't lose. No division. Um, but can't. wild card, you probably yeah, you got one loss maybe, but I maybe not. Probably not. Let's not let's not say we did. Um. So the A's, yeah, the A's are four games back of the New York Yankees in the top wild card spot. They're three games back of the Red Sox in the second wild card spot. The Yankees are playing the Blue Jays for three, who the A's are also chasing. They're two games back. And then the Yankees are playing the Rays. So we definitely want the Yankees to lose the Rays. What do we, I mean, I guess we want the Yankees to lose to the Jays. I mean, what is that, a three-gamer? If we, let's say the Jays sweep the Yankees, so we it's, win. It's real complicated. We got. I mean, I think ideally we win three. I mean, yeah, ideally we win all. No, so I think we want the Yankees to go like one and two versus the Jays, maybe. Or yeah, because like then we pick up a game on the Jays, so we're only one back of the Jays at that point, and we pick up two games on the Yankees, so we'd be two back of the Yankees. And so this whole time, the Red Sox are playing the Orioles. So. God. Go Orioles. God, no. And the Red Sox are playing the Nats. So go Nats. So, honestly, we're, the more realistic thing to happen here is 
they's catch the Yankees, not the Red Sox. The Red Sox have an insanely easy last week here. Orioles and Nationals? Yep. Hmm. Not worth not for nothing, but Juan Soto is in the middle of maybe one of the best months of baseball ever. But, yeah, let's just but. say some crazy stuff goes down. The Orioles and Nationals skunk the Red Sox. <laughs> I hate if, that's what we're hanging around they lose, right now. If they lose six, <laughs> the A's would only need to win three to catch Four. them? Four to catch them. Yeah. <sighs> I, I Baseball really needs to baseball this week if we're going to make playoffs. Unfortunately, this is kind of out of the A's hands. The Jays, who are playing the Yankees first, end with the Orioles. So Why are the Orioles so heavily involved in this process? I I mean, I, I understand that it's because they're... If the but. A's can get past the Mariners, the Mariners and the Angels play. I'm sorry, that's really not the way I meant to phrase that. If the Mariners can get past the A's, the Mariners will play the Angels. Because whoever loses this Mariners-Angels series is done. The Mariners-A's series? Mariners-A's series is done, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I we can talk about the division all we want. We have to beat Seattle. What happens if we go 1-2 and two against... I mean, 2-1 and one against Seattle? Then we're in their spot. Then we are out of the division, but... Still in the wild card. But Yeah. So maybe we'll be two games back of a spot, theoretically, with three to play. Yes. We'll see what happens, folks. Um, so anyway, it's exciting. It's honestly exciting times. It's a little bit frustrating that we don't have to be in this spot, because we could. there's a f- bazillion games that we could have won this year that we didn't. But anyway... Literally we're a here. bazillion. We're here. We're, we could be a bazillion in... 85 and 71 right now, which would definitely put us in first. So here but, is a question I wanted to answer. Can we catch everybody? Is that possible? Yes. Even though some of them are playing. Oh, I mean, everybody? I mean, I think when it what it comes down to is, can we catch the Astros? Yeah. And the answer to that question on Monday the 27th is yes. I think we could catch everybody. I think, you know... If they do the right thing in their direct matchups and then lose to everybody not involved, all the teams we're chasing I'm talking about, Yeah. I think if the A's go 6-0, they could catch everybody. I'm, I, well, yeah, yes, totally. So, folks, what I'm saying is there's a chance. And that's all and you want? And there's six games left, and honestly, this is all I'm ever looking for in a baseball It's season. late in September, and you got a chance. <sighs> And it and hurts you, a little bit. But you, I mean, good you don't want to be. Th- you'd ideally not be this far back, honestly. Like this is further back than I want to be, honestly. But in my experience as a fan, it's much more momentum building to be chasing someone than it is to be trying to not be caught. There's a little bit of me that is much happier to be where we are than like the Red Sox right now. Well, or or, or like especially the Mariners, because the Mariners just. The Mariners have are sitting with a negative sixty one run differential in a playoff spot right now, and I just it feels like a million tons of reality are just going to smash into that team at some point, and I hope it starts today. Can we just go by expected wins and losses? These would have the second wild card spot. <laughs> yeah, the the expected win loss for the Mariners is twelve games under five hundred, <laughs> and for the A's it's eighty six and seventy, um, which is one game better than they're at, ironically. Anyway, um, coolest thing you saw in the MLB this week? For me, it's the St. Louis Cardinals. have won 16 games in a row. 
I distinctly remember, I think two weeks ago, Mackie, my girlfriend, said, like, oh, are the Cardinals any good? And I was like, eh, not really this year. They're kind of, like, in the same boat as the A's, but A's are in a better position. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then the Cardinals won 16 in a row. Um, my dad grew up a Cardinals fan, so there's always, like, a little part of me that feels something extra, I guess, watching the Cardinals succeed and... Boy, have they succeeded in the past. Well, and it just, you know, you feel like it's a it's a franchise that, like, does it right, you know? And they're, like, a little bit more easy to like than the Yankees, maybe? Yeah. Uh, who knows? I'm not sure. Did There's... they do the thing where they stole a bunch of... Was that the Cardinals? They stole a bunch of stuff from the Astros and that dude, like, went to jail? Or was that, or was that mm. something else? Or maybe like it was that... vice versa, but I think they were involved, yeah. Anyway. Um, so that, whatever that is, notwithstanding, if that's some terrible stuff and we don't know about it, I'm sorry, but, um, other than that, Cardinal, if, if that's their fault, then that's a, I mean, what they've done is very amazing. Yes. Where's this? I need to go to the, oh, scroll down, scroll down. Uh, they're now six, did they, did they secure it yet? Oh, they'll probably secure it today. The, the Reds and the Phillies are one game away from being eliminated from the wild card. They're six games back of the Phillies, who have won 16 in a row. So, I mean, they leapfrogged everybody. Well, and I mean, I it's just, it's crazy to look at it in, the, like, this context. Because, I mean, they're 87 and 69. But they didn't Which means be. that they were 71 and 69. <laughs> Boy. You know? If only the A's had started a little bit earlier. Like, look at all those teams on the, look at all those teams below the Cardinals. That were ahead of the Cardinals and probably feeling pretty good about their lead. Yep. Oh man, the Mets, the Padres. What a disaster in San Diego. Poor Padres. What a disaster, man. Um, so, anyway, what are we doing? Our look back? Look back of the week? Jimmy Fox. Jimmy? Oh, wait, your, your, what's your coolest? Oh, 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 yeah, my coolest thing of the week. Um, uh, Giancarlo Stanton, homered. Giancarlo Stanton is hot. Is like his, he's and when he gets smile. hot, it's when he gets hot, it's big time. Um, he hit three homers and had ten RBIs in a three-game series against the Red Sox. Um, only four Yankees have ever done that, um, and you know, just before you even start saying names, if you're on a Yankee shortlist, it's gonna be like, ooh. Um, but yeah, Kalagashioka. Uh, <laughs> Yankees with at least three home runs and ten RBIs in any three-game span versus the Red Sox. So not even one series, which is what Stanton did. Any three-game span. Um, Stanton, this year, 2021. Mickey Mantle in 1954. Lou Gehrig in 1931. And Babe Ruth in 1927. And that is pretty cool company to be keeping. So, um, good for you, Giancarlo Stanton. Very Jimmy Fox-esque, you might say. Yeah, which yeah leads us into talking about Jimmy Fox. Who was a Philadelphia A? We're we're uh, we're zooming out a little bit on the history thing, but uh, Jimmy Fox, man, I uh, he was the 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 right-handed Babe Ruth um, to some people. Uh, double X. Um, in nineteen thirty-two, he. I mean, some there's a lot of crazy years, but uh, his first MVP. In 1932, 154 games, 213 hits, 58 homers, 169 RBIs, 151 runs. 
He hit 364, slugged 749. His OPS was 1218 for a 207 OPS plus, um, which is all pretty wild. Um, all told for the Philadelphia A's in over 11 years, he had 1,500 hits, 300 homers, 1,100 RBIs, hit 339. OBP of uh, 440, slug 640, OPS plus of 175 as an A. Um, two MVPs. Wild. Absolutely wild. Not bad. He was the second major league player to hit 500 home runs. Yeah, 534 for his career. And uh, he did it at age 32, the second youngest to hit that many behind A-Rod. Um, 931, 93.1 career war, pretty high. Uh, career OPS of uh, 1038 for an OPS plus of 163, all told. I, he was just, he was a monster. He was just an absolute, yep. absolute monster. First bout Hall of Famer in 1951. He started playing in 1925 and finished in 1945. Um, he won two World Series with the A's in 29 and 30. Um, in the 29 World Series, he hit 350. In the 30 World Series, he hit 333. Overall, in three World Series, he hit 344, homer four times in 18 World Series games. Um, wow. Just did it. Just did it. Even pitched 22 innings in 1945. <laughs> ERA, ERA plus of 243. That's his last season. Yep. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> that was for the Phillies. Yep. He went one and zero. He started for the Philadelphia A's and finished for the Philadelphia Phillies. Yeah. So he literally one of the greatest players of all time, and I, I think that all I think that all gets borne out in everything that we just talked about. And it's cool that he was an A. We should we should get we should get Jimmy Fox jerseys. We, we should. Totally I was just thinking that. I kind of want to see if I can track down a Jimmy Fox baseball card. Wow, that'd be crazy. That even doesn't even have to be a good one as long as it's from like the fifties. Um. Anyway, so we fight on. We will know. We will know one way or the other by next week, and there's, you will know very quickly once we once you start listening next week how it happened. Final seat. Uh, final week starts today, and the A's are not dead yet, my friends. Um, I had to put a final point on the Jimmy Fox thing. He won a triple crown in 1933. That's right. Um. Anyway, so yeah, we'll see you. Uh, we'll see you next week for week 18, which could be the last one. This season, didn't really think about that till right now. Might be. Hopefully not. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I guess maybe we could do some playoff ones, even if the A's aren't in them. It may be worth talking we'll about. We'll see what happens. Um, we'll see what happens. I'd like to. Hopefully we don't. Hopefully we don't have to do that. Hopefully we can do a one that the A's are. You know, we need to be talking about the playoffs and the A's. I'd like right to now. do some live stuff during a game sometime. So we'll see. Um, yeah. Either way, we. Either way, you you'll you'll be seeing us next week. Don't know about the week after that, but you'll be <laughs> seeing us next week. So um, thanks for sticking with us. Yeah, every if if you've been if it's crazy, yeah, just I people that have listened a lot. Thank you. It's hilarious that people want to listen to us talk about the A's. Honestly, we love talking about it. So if you guys really do like listening to us, um, thank you. Um, uh, we're mostly on Twitter uh, in, in terms of like interacting. Um, if anyone has anything that we should do differently or better, or has any suggestions about any of that. Do not hesitate at all to let us know. We're very receptive and also very new at this. Um, and uh, it's a lot of fun. It's uh, It's been unexpectedly... It's gone by quickly. 
It's crazy that we. It's we've been, been like riding a pretty smooth wave. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, doing the podcast, not necessarily watching, not watching the A's. The, <laughs> no, not watching the team. Um, but yeah, so I uh, just want to say thanks. It's been a really fun time, and I think we're totally going to keep doing it. Um, so, yeah. We'll see you next week. Have a good one. Bye-bye.